4: Hey, what up? Welcome in. I'm Doug Godley. This is All Ball, um, and Brian I is my guest. We've been friends since 1997 when we uh, both transferred into Oklahoma State. You've heard us before talking about Eddie Sutton stories. Um, so, in getting you ready for Game Six and talking a little NBA draft and giving you some insight into what it's like to be the Dad of one of the top rated 15 year olds in the country, rising freshmen in the country. I thought uh, we'd ask him about it. So take a listen to our conversation. Okay. What'd you think of this uh, series before it started?
2: Celtics and the Warriors. Before it started, what'd you think? Man, I thought it was going to be, I thought it'd be a little back and forth. And the reason being is um, I think Marcus Smart does a heck of a job guarding Steph. And I just thought with the way the Celtics play defense and their size, I thought they would eliminate Draymond Green. And I thought it was going to be a really good matchup for the Celtics defensively. So I, I, I figured that the Warriors would struggle a little bit. Um, and I figured it would go seven games. So it's been a little back and forth uh, the last few games, but the Warriors have been playing extremely well. You know, Steph in game four had a phenomenal, phenomenal game. Um, And then uh, game five with Wiggins, you know, uh, doing what he did, um, I think kind of put the Warriors over the top a little bit. Uh, you know, it's interesting.
4: Um a Wig Wig was really good. But a lot of it was that was the first time I can remember a team kind of selling out to stop uh, Steph, uh, Seth. I mean, think about that. Like they were full face face guarding all the way to midcourt. You know, they're blitzing them on pick and rolls. And I mean, it it worked. Now, you know, Wig became the the safety blanket and I thought they did a great job getting him isolated on, on the centers, but um I, I'm just surprised more people haven't done it or somebody hasn't done it. That like there's no kind of commitment to like cut off
2: the head of the snake. He does everything. Totally agree, man. But I, I figured they had to do something different after game four, you know. And he's been playing phenomenal this series, man. I mean, he's been he's been by far um Head and shoulders better than what I, I or what I anticipated, anticipated him being, just because of the matchup with Marcus. You know, Marcus has done a really good job with him, but Game Four, you you couldn't guard him the same way you were going to guard him in Game. Yeah, I mean, in Game Five, you're not going to guard him yeah, the same way point. you did in Game Four. You, um, yeah, you're not going to do it unless you're, unless you want to get fired. Unless Correct. You get fired to the spot. Correct. And so yeah. so for him. That's why I kind of anticipated one of the, you know, and Clay, th- the, the guys have been solid, but they just haven't had a breakout game. You know, I mean, Clay, Clay is is, you know, he's been what, 18, 20. He just hasn't had that breakout game. Wiggins hasn't had that breakout game. Um, but the way they were guarding and and spending so much energy and attention on, on, on Seth you know, it it freed up Wiggins to be able to do what he was going to do. And I think, too, you hit on a point, too, with the pick-and-roll situation. You know, I think they're – you know, I I think Kerr is doing a really good job, you know, putting Williams in pick-and-roll, putting Horford in pick-and-roll, and um, and just the matchup deal that he had game four. You know, Steph was getting open looks, man, and, um, you know, Clay hit a couple of shots, but – Wiggins playing at home, you know, one of those guys we're going to play play big time at home and have a breakout game, but I here's the crazy thing. If you told me Steph was going to be 0 for 9 from 3, I would be like, man, it would be hard for the the Warriors to play, or the Warriors to win, just based off of the way the series has gone so far and how much Steph has carried the Warriors.
4: Um, yeah. Okay, so I mean, I, I This one's a hard one because on one level, I like to see a game seven. I always like to see if you really find out who's who and what's what in a game seven, right? Dudes just get tight. So I'd love to see what happens in game seven. On the other hand, the idea of the Golden State Warriors winning a championship on the parquet of the uh, the Boston Garden,
2: that one appeals to me most which which ending would you prefer to see? I want to see game I'm a, I'm you know I'm a basketball fan. I want to see game 7, man. I want to see game 7, two minutes tie ball game. I want to see these guys uh I want to see these guys play it out. You know, I think I think you you know you're right with Golden State winning, you know, in Boston. I think it would be huge, but game 7, man, anything can happen in game 7. Somebody turn an ankle, foul trouble, guys have a bad shooting night. I mean, you know, it becomes a one game series then, you know, I mean, it's there's a lot of a lot of drama can play out in the game seven. And the, the biggest thing is just the, the the thing is, you know, being you know, we, we, we love ball. Right. We've done it our whole life. And and, and and just watching it, watching these guys compete and how hard they're playing right now and how skilled these guys are and how good they are. I mean, who wouldn't want to have a game seven? You know, I think it, I think it's, it would do big for the NBA. Um, and then I think there would be a lot of drama involved for the game seven father's day. You got the idea of
4: the, the warriors trying to win at home. Um, I'm not, I don't know. It's not that I don't like Tatum. I like Tatum, but I've never been just in love. It's weird because I mean, I think he had four air balls, but he actually shot like 10 of 20 from the floor, which I know a lot of it was when it didn't matter, but, but still, I mean, he wasn't statistically, he wasn't terrible. Why does it feel like he's been worse than he actually has been?
2: I think he's been overshadowed by Steph and what Steph's doing. Like you said, he's, he's, he's playing not terrible, but he hasn't had that elite NBA final setting his legacy as as one of the best guys in the league right now. And and I'm with you too because like I watched him at the end and it just seemed like he got uncomfortable um, especially in game 4 man when when Steph was going off and they just didn't have an answer for for the Warriors. They did, they just didn't make shots at the end and and watching them turn the ball over in game in game 5 the way the the way they did um, i'm with you man i'm i i think he's very talented he's a hell of a player but i just don't know if if it's his time yet to to be the guy that that gets him over the top and and and, and can win two games back to back win a game six and a game seven on the road it's weird
4: because we have i think part of it is we have an image that all the guys who came in the league won immediately and bird magic obviously won immediately like um, but Jordan, it took a long time, right, to, to figure out. Kobe, it wasn't it definitely wasn't overnight until so they got Phil. Um I mean, you know, Duncan and walked into it, walked into a kind of a made deal. But the idea that that these guys are are totally refined. I just it's weird. It's like you get in your mind, okay, with well, Jason Tatum's good to a point, but they did get further this year than they've ever gotten last year. So it's hard to tell whether he'll be able to overcome these things in the future or whether this is who he is because right. he's at his athletic peak. You know?
2: Right. Right. Is this, like you said, is it, a, is is, it a, is he at his all time high right now? Like my thing is, is like you get there and you kind of learn, you, you, you go through the pro- they're playing the Warriors, right? Right. The Warriors have been there, you yes. know, with Steph, Clay, Draymond, they, they've been in this situation. They played in a game seven. Um, You know, it's still there. They're still at a really high level. My thing is, is, is do the Celtics, if they end up losing this series, right? Do they grow from this and make a, a run at the title next year? Or is it like one of those things where they got here one year and they kind of fall off? So I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I don't know. There's a lot of questions. With Tatum is the guy that's got to – he's got to play phenomenal uh, tomorrow night for them to have a chance to go back to Golden State on Father's Day. I mean, he's got to have a Steph Curry-type Game 4 performance um, for them to even have a chance to play Golden State uh, on Game 7. You know what's weird is none of these games have ended up being close scores. It's weird. I mean, they Dude, it's been the whole done. playoffs, man. It's been the I whole know, playoffs. But
4: how is that? How How is that? That's the weirdest kind of phenomenon ever. That's a weird thing, but it's little. that's a thing. I mean, the Celtics have been through a bunch of those. Uh, like one of the closest, the closest game was the Nets game, game one against the Nets. But otherwise, I mean, it's been blowout city, but isn't it weird? I mean, especially considering that game the other night, you know, where the Celtics, couldn't score in the first quarter, couldn't make a shot. Then they make the run in the third quarter, you know, but for Golden State to come back, but then to just kind of annihilate them and blow them out of the water is kind of fascinating. It's
2: fascinating. So, so what's your, what's your, what's your theory on that?
4: I'm not sure I have one. I'm not sure I have one because I, I would say it's a Golden State thing, but it's not because I've, you know, we saw it with the heat and the Celtics and we've seen it with, with other series. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know why, why games kind of spur out of control. Uh, you know, the Celtics obviously late in that heat series kind of failed to close, I guess. So that kind of got close. I think probably it's because a lot of teams just don't know how to, don't know how to make the comeback. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird, I guess in the regular season, everybody, everybody comes back, but th- there have not, there's hasn't been buzzer beaters, haven't been overtime games. You know, I'm watching game one of the Stanley Cup finals, and they already got overtime. Like, man, that, that's kind of fun. Uh, anyway, uh, that's like, um, okay, let's let's go to NBA draft.
2: Are you a Chet guy? I mean, yeah, I, I like him. And the reason I like him is he's, he's very skilled. I don't think he's a difference maker, you know, the first couple of years he's he, he's playing in the league. He's obviously got to mature and get stronger and, and develop his body. But I think, you know, as skilled as he is, man, I mean, I, th- I think he's a matchup nightmare at times, but what's he going to look like in five? The, the I guess the big thing is, is like, what is he going to look like in five years? You know, he, he adds 20 pounds of muscle and he's not getting pushed around. He's a matchup nightmare. So, to answer your question, am I a Chet fan? I love his skill. Um, he's really young. I, I, I'm intrigued by to see what he turns into in the next three to five years. Hmm. I wonder
4: what Oklahoma City, what Oklahoma City will do
2: because I feel like Jabari's going to
4: go one. So then it's Cheddar or, or uh, Apollo, and Apollo, he's a grown
2: he's a grown man. I, now, he, I think know? I think you go Apollo if you're OKC. Okay. Well, I mean, here's the thing: the thunder, the thunder really don't have. I mean, they're rebuilding, right? So, I mean, if you if you draft a guy like Chet, you're still he's not, he's still, he's still a couple of years away from being who he's going to become. Yes. If you develop, if you if you get Paulo, he's got an NBA ready body right now, and I think year two, he's a stud. You know what I'm saying? And, and I don't yeah. know how much longer you can just – I don't know how, how much longer you can st- you can stack draft picks um, and, and continue to wait and rebuild. I mean, they've been to this rebuild phase. What now? This is what, year three? Year four? Yeah. yeah. So, small market team, you're not going to get – you're not going to get a free agent. You're not going to get, you know, uh, a, a vet coming in here, um, a superstar. You know, you've got to get guys – Now to start developing them. I don't know if you can wait on a guy three years, four years. I think you got to get somebody right away. That's going to be able to help you win. Okay. So your, your son is,
4: I don't know if you want to use prodigy, but he's considered one of the elite rising freshmen in the country. So now your recruiting process, which we talked about previously, far different than his, what's it, what's it like to be, you know, he's your kind of underdog story. He's not. From, from your perspective, what's this like?
2: Um, there's a lot of attention, you know, for him at a young age. I think the biggest thing with me is just keeping it real with him, um, you know, and, and keeping him humble, um, not letting him get uh, ahead of himself, understanding where he's at right now and w- what the long-term goal looks like. And, I mean, I think we live in the day. We live each day we stay in the moment each day, you know, we're not, we're not, you know, looking um, what he's going to look like in three years or four years. We're just, you know, we work every day trying to add stuff to his game. And, 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 and and I honestly, man, I try to put him in scenarios and situations where he struggles a little bit. You know, when he plays AAU, sometimes he gets away with some stuff because he's more talented Than some of the kids he's playing against, but you know, the, the cool thing for me to watch him this summer is when he's playing in our summer league with our varsity team is, um, putting him on guys that are seniors are 17, 18 years old and they're really good high school players and watching him struggle a little bit. So I think it, I think it, it keeps him grounded. I think it keeps him focused on the things that he's got to do to get better at. Um, you know, obviously he's got to get stronger. I mean, he, he's he's still a young kid he's going to be a freshman in high school but also it's 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 making him adapt his game to play against kids that are bigger and stronger and faster so you know i mean we 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 we're, we attack this thing every day the thing i love about him is he works his tail off man he works his ass off he's in the gym every day working um, and it's not anything that i have to do to chase him to get in there so he's uh he's he's been fun to uh to coach and just watch grow you know even if i wasn't his dad and i was just his high school coach he'd be a kid i'd be extremely excited about
1: fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iheart radio app search fsr to listen live
0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex.
2: L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com.
1: Easy to remember, so you know where to start.
2: L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com.
3: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone, you know, has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER.
4: Yeah, but okay. So, but social media, I'm like, you, you know, how it is, you get, yep, you, yep. Do you, do you keep an
2: eye on it. Do you have access to it. How do you handle that? Man, it's kind of crazy. I talked to Desmond today about the same thing. And, um, cause Mace, Mace, said something about him and he was talking about you know kids with social media platforms and the way it's going and you know if it's used right it can benefit them and everything else yeah so i and he told me all that stuff but he's thinking from a business standpoint side of it you know and i'm thinking it from a dad standpoint you know we do me and his mom we do monitor stuff um you know and they're kids, man. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where they get a highlight or, you know, they get something they want to post it. But like I always tell them, I'm like, you know, b- you know, people are going to come watch you play, you know, highlights. Everybody looks good in a highlight. But what do you look like when you're playing? And another thing is, is you've got to understand, like you got a target on your back and you got people talking about you. So you're going to be able to have to. Except the times when you don't play well, and you get the negativity that comes with the positivity. So it's kind of that double-edged sword, man. I mean, you know, they get caught up in social media and likes and and videos and write-ups and all that other stuff. But you got to keep them grounded, man, and you got to keep them keep them level-headed. You know, it's 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 great but, but to how?
4: celebrate. I mean, I mean, I guess I guess being his high school coach that helps you. You know, you put some attack dog the seniors on them but 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 how because it's like you know i mean obviously your kids different than my kids different than other people's kids that's a everybody says you know we want to keep them balanced whatever but and we want to monitor social media but you know you can't really control snap Nope. you know and then i don't know how much you have access in ig and they get they kind of fall in love with their followers i mean you know i mean kids like I'm trying to think what used to be, I always thought back uh, basketball was like the equity of the masses, right? Like if you're a good basketball player, you're cool. Now it's how many followers you have on TikTok and how many followers Correct. you have
2: on IG, you know? Right. How many likes and, and you that, get, everything else. Yeah. Then you get, then here's another thing that we deal with. You get, you get people, you know, kids get attention, right? So then, and then this is the thing that drives me crazy about social media and dealing with this stuff and I've talked to Rayford young a little bit about going through this process, you get people, you know, your kid gets attention a little bit and then people start picking them apart. Well, these kids are 14, 15 years old right now. They start picking them apart. Oh, he can't do this. He can't do that. He can't do this. So people get short sighted on the fact that these, these, they're still young and they're still kids, but they're not looking at how talented they are and the things that they can do. And, and, yeah, I, mean, apparently- I mean, like, so,
4: some of it is, some of it is, you know, there you gotta, you gotta know who you're gonna pay attention to. I'd say the other side to it is this you gotta know who you're gonna pay attention to because that's the problem with social media is, you know, every idiot from, yep. you know, here, here, in Timbuktu has access and, you know, maybe a blue check or whatever is, is something you go with. But, uh, you know, a lot of it is also people need to change how they word it, especially like you said, a 14, 15 year old kid, he needs to get stronger. He needs to get tougher. He's to learned mm-hmm. to go right. Which is different than he can't because Correct. like you said, he's 14, he's 15, he's he's 16 years old. Um, But I, th- then the other, it's like, how do you, and you can't really control it, but it's like, you want to, you want to give them a piece of taste of the real world mm-hmm. and how tough it can be, but you don't want it to be, the level of viciousness. That's I think uh, just a hard part, right? Once you expose him to social media, how do you dial it back? You know, you're already I trying to monitor, but how do you dial it
2: back? I think it's I think it's like the relationship that we have as father son. You know, I mean it's that I'm his dad and you know I, and I'm going to Well, thank you. Him. Yeah, I think we I think we we've, we've established that. Yeah. But what, what I'm saying is I'm going to protect him, but also I'm going to let him fail a little bit. I'm going to let him go through the the heartaches. I'm going to let him go through the times when things don't go his way. But also it's like keeping it real with him and saying this, this is where you want to go. These are the things that you're going to go to. If you want to achieve the ultimate goal that you're trying to achieve, wherever it is, you want to play at Oklahoma state. Well, this is the heartache that you're going to go through to earn a scholarship to go play at Oklahoma state, you know? So it's the peaks and valleys. I mean, we're raising the kids, you know, we're raising our kids, but we're, we're trying to keep it real with them also, you know, I mean, everybody wants to be patted on the back and tell you how great you are, but at the same time, no one wants to hear the criticism that comes with it. Or when you're told, Hey, you're not good enough in this area. This is what you got to do to work to get it. This is how you do it. Now you got to go put in the work and do it, you know? So I think it's the balance of, of just keeping it real with them, man. And, 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 like I said before, it's like living in the moment. We don't talk about you know his senior year and things like that. We're just trying to add stuff to his game now, um, to help develop him as a, as a player and um and see where it goes. When uh, when you were a kid, so it was always Muskegon,
4: Michigan. Yep. So when when you were a kid, where was your place? Well, I don't know if you did this. Like I used to go down the street. About one, two, three, four, five houses down on the left. It was Garrett Phipps' house. And Garrett Phipps' house, one, was cool because his uh, his dad had those uh, Takate beer posters up on the ceiling. So it was like my first time to see it. some tits. I mean, I, that's really what I was pretty impressed. And then so, and sometimes my brother would like lock me out of the, the garage. They'd ride bikes, whatever. But he had a flat driveway. We didn't have a flat driveway and a basketball hoop and no one else ever used it. So I go down there and that's where I that's where I like worked on my game. That was when I played imaginary games. Did you have a place like that?
2: Absolutely. It what was, was it? uh it was in my I remember my drive we had a dirt driveway. I was probably No in, way you had a dirt yeah, dude. driveway. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, man. This was um, in Muskegon Heights, Michigan. So Muskegon Heights, inner city, um you know, rough area. Um, we had a dirt really? driveway. Yeah, man, we had a dirt driveway. This is before I moved out to the suburbs. So we had a dirt driveway and uh, the Heights was always known for Heights. I mean, they were good basketball, uh, good high school basketball team. Um, so I remember growing up there and we had, we, we put a clothes hanger on the garage and we would shoot a tennis ball. We had a tennis ball. So we would play, and I mean, I'm talking like, it, I mean, it was a tight area. The driveway was really small. It was like 10 feet, 10 feet wide by maybe 15 feet in depth. And we would play three-on-three three out there and just shoot and hoop and everything. I mean, that's that's where it started, man. And then as I got older, there was a park. It was called Parslow Park where where you'd go out, man, and I'd walk to the park dribble my basketball, get out there. And then in the summertime, grown men would come out and start playing about three, four o'clock and they would play all night, man. They would sit there till 10, 11 o'clock at night and play. So that was my first, you know, uh, when I fell in love with, with, with hooping was going to the park, man, and just, just playing with these grown men, man. I mean, and, and you know, the chain, the chain that, you know, it wasn't nets, it was chain link, uh, nets. Um, that's a net. It's a net. It's just not a cloth net. Yeah. But you know, in the double rims, the double rims, double rims are the worst who invented double rims. Oh yeah. So, so, but it was just hooping man with grown men, man. I mean, it's, it's kind of like where you, where you, you you learn how to play, man.
4: Um, you learn about a bunch of things. So, so mine was, we used to, well, there's two places. One, there's racquetball world. My dad used to play racquetball. I go up there, he'd get me in a game and all you had to do at racquetball world was you had to be like, I want to say you had to be 13. And maybe I started going when I was 12, whatever. I, you'd put your name on the board they'd call it up. And so we got like, are you 13? Like, yeah, I'm 13, but I was super late bloomer anyway. And it was four on four sideways. And you know, you're playing just old men that just can barely move. And they're just trying to get exercise, but that was good. I mean, cause they were, you know, you had to deal with their size whatever. Then you had to make shots or make plays in order to kind of feel like you earned people's respect that you weren't just out there. And then we go to Miles Square Park on Saturday morning at 7 a.m. So he would get me up at like 6:30. And uh, I don't remember, like I, I remember him getting me up and just I would go and get in the car and we go to the park and he would basically call game for me. And then pe- help me pick up a team and then, you know, stayed us playing. And I usually, if you won the first game, then he would just take off. And if I lost the next, if I lost, then he would help me call game. And then maybe he'd stay around for like 15 more minutes. And then he was out, I'll see you later. And he'd give me five bucks. And I just, I, when I was hungry, I'd go across the street and I get, you know, piece of pizza and some, a Gatorade and then, or a Coke or something. And then I'd come back and I'd play. And then eventually he'd show up. That was it. That was my. I loved every second of it. It was amazing.
2: Dude, but how, how cool was it, though, like, back, in, back when we were coming up? Like, you would literally go to the park and hoop all day long. Yes. Like, all day long. I, I remember going – I remember when I played in junior college out at Fullerton, man. We would go to Newport Beach or go to Venice. would 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 Yeah, we would yeah, go down there and sit there, right? And y- you may wait an hour to get on the court. And if you lost – you might wait two hours to get back on the court. That's just how many people were down there hooping, man. So it was like, I can remember being at Venice one day and we won like three or four games in a row, man. And it was, it's just, it's just a different vibe, but you spent all day at the park just hooping. Yeah. I, I blame 24 hour fitness for that.
4: That's right. Because, you know, they have gyms in like all their, all their spots now. So yeah, but you, drive and then, by, you know, It's people- like,
2: it's like here in Oklahoma, man, when it's not 300 degrees outside, you drive by a park, man, there's no one out there hooping, you know, a long time ago, there would be, there'd be, you know, you go by a park, man, there's, there's a ton of dudes out there playing. You know, nobody, I, talks I just
4: think pickup, but nobody talks about the pickup of Tulsa. So Glow. Like, man, you want to get some pickup in. Let's go to Tulsa. But, but here's the
2: deal. But 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 think about it. Think about it, Doug. When we were in high school, how many, how many pros No, were I, in I know I know what
4: you're talking about they don't play out nobody plays outside anymore. They
2: just don't. But does do do people play. still play pickup the way they used to play pickup? Or is now is it everybody going to trainers? Well having I mean, like guys, through, that have, guys that have
4: careers. Guys that have careers mostly do trainers. Guys that are post careers, they do pickup. But
2: I'm I just saying high
4: school cool. guys. High school guys Nobody in plays pickup. No one Because they play in tournaments where they just play a bunch of games. I mean, that's what I did with my son to, in order to play him, play him more is play him on two different teams. You know, one high level, one low level. I mean, one like 13, one 12. And then it's like playing pickup. You know, you play like, four games in a day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> people, like, he played me- four, people, like he played four games. Like, didn't you ever play pickup as a kid?
2: Yeah, we play all day, man. You play all for, day for, for, for all day. You know, like, give me a hot dog. Yeah, all day. Let me ask you this. Yes. Coaching your son. Yes. Are you hard on him?
4: I was really hard on him for a long time, and that did not go well. And that probably that's probably the hardest part in, you know, he's got a little PTSD from it, but uh, I have a ton of fun with him, too. And he's a, like a fun kid. The fun kid. So uh, but yeah, I, I was really hard on him now. Not as much because now, you know, I won it's easier to talk to him. He's older and he understands more and, you know, we'll still get an argument every now and again. And um, I usually win them. But, um, you know, he started becoming kind of a better listener. But yeah, uh, there's there's some I've been
2: hard on him in the past. I'm a lot, so, I'm a lot better to him now. So let me ask you. You leave the court, or you leave the court. You get into him a little bit during the game. You leave the yeah. court. You get in, yeah. you get in the car. Yeah. Is it continuing the car ride home, or is it done? Um.
4: Usually, what I do is like, hey, let's just leave it at one thing, you know, and then say that one thing, and then move on. And usually, he doesn't want to hear the one thing. And then I was like, dude, listen, give me your phone. And if, if, I, if I have his phone and I have his attention. And then I was just like one thing then I tell him and then he's good. And then we're good. It's usually how we leave it, you know? And then, yeah. And then usually when we roll back, it's like, Hey, don't tell your mom. We got like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
4: No, that's, that's, that's okay, funny, listen, I got you a Dr. Pepper. Just don't
2: tell her <laughs> anything, you know? Yeah. So
4: <laughs>
2: that will be yeah. used to, so, okay, this, this, this is the funny thing dealing with this, right? coaching your kid, like last night. I got in, I told Jalen to do something. And he 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 was like, why would I do that when I was open? So I got in him a little bit. Right. You know? Because
4: I told you. That's the right. rule because I told you so. <laughs>
2: right. Right. I told big, you to it's, a, it's a big rule in my life. Why? Right. Because I told you so. <laughs> right. So so I I I got in him a little bit. So then after the game. His mom is looking at me sideways like, I can't believe you yelled at him like that, you know. But I'm like, wait a minute. You call me complaining about him when he doesn't clean his room up up, or he talks back to you or does all this other stuff. But like, I just yell at him for not doing what I wanted him to do. Playing. It's it's because it's in public. I think that's what it is.
4: I think it's in public. It's in public. And then somehow they feel a part of it, you know, Attack eh, right. the on them, right. whatever. And it's, you know, it's their baby. They're still maternal. I mean,
2: I was like, you know, I can't like, wait. I can't wait till you call me and tell me his room is not clean. And you told him to do something and he didn't do it. I can't, wait cause I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to, I'm going to roll my eyes at you. Like, mm-hmm. All right. Last thing. Uh, who wins tomorrow night? Or tonight?
4: Sorry, this is a drop tomorrow. So who wins tonight? Celtics get it done at home. Force the game, why? Because you want to see a game seven.
2: That's really that, Gre- that's sure. That's, I mean, I'm I'm I want to see a game seven. Um, I just think I think it's going to be really hard. I think there's a lot of toughness and a lot of pride with the Celtics. Obviously. I, I just think them playing. I don't think Wiggins is going to have the game he had in game five. Somebody's going to have to step up and beat them besides Steph. You got clay. I, look, I,
4: I I'll tell you this. I think the Warriors win. Um, I mean, I just, the construct of the Celtics is they'll throw five great defenders out there, you know, and they're, Okay, offensively, you know, two guys is obviously better than the rest. I think Tatum's pretty, pretty damn good. There's kind of a mess and you can't give them extra possessions. They've kind of figured you out a little bit. You know, I'm talking about the Warriors kind of figured you out a little bit. And, you know, I think like Gary Payton's getting more comfortable. Clay getting more comfortable. And like, yeah, Wiggins, everybody's like, Wiggins did play great, but he still hasn't made a shot. No, I mean, he's going to, he's going to make a shot and. You know, you're just, you're still, you're getting a little bit more from clay every game. I don't know. I mean, look, if I'm Boston, I play the exact same way defensively. That shit worked. Take that dude out of the game, you know, and just being his head, just face guard him the whole time. Don't give him, don't let him get the ball. Fine. You know, it's, I'm sure they're going to get some easy shots and some floaters, you know, when they, when they blitz him on a trap, but I don't know, just take him out of the game. That, that gives you a kind of competitive advantage. Take that guy off. It does. It puts pressure on everybody else. But I do think they have some other dudes. So
2: I think Draymond gets in the way though, game game six, man. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Is Kerr gonna gonna take him out again? I, I think he did a hell of a job game four by by benching them. They they were the Warriors were searching for answers, and Kerr benching Draymond, you know, for that. Five, six minute stretch was huge, man. Um, and then Steph being Steph, but I I just I'm I, mean, I do not know. I think I think there's gonna be a game seven, man. You know, I, I really do. And I, I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping that they'll, you know, like I, I'm with you. I think I think they guard Steph the same way they did uh in game five and try to make someone else beat him. All right, and hoping we get a game seven. We shall see. Hey, dude.
4: Thanks for doing this. Um, we did talk about your kid cleaning his room
2: and okay. all of this stuff. And we'll do it again. <laughs> all right, brother. Appreciate you, homie.
4: Thanks, Pete. Later, buddy. So that's my conversation with uh, my man, Brian Montanati. Of course, is uh, head coach at Owasso High School. He played a long time. Played with me at Oakland State. have done previous stuff with him. But... Just thought you'd appreciate a little bit of you know, dad of a prodigy, and um, I mean, excuse me, dad, dad to a prodigy, right? Dad to a prodigy, and then of course, a little bit of coaching your kid and a lot of NBA talk, you know, getting ready for a historic game six. Like, you know, for me, I mean, I do, I like, I, I obviously respect how the Celtics play defensively, how tough they are, and how they took kind of the next step this year. And no, I'm not going into the, well, with Chris Middleton would have played thing. Not right now, just talking about the Celtics. So it's not out of like a lack, like I like what they've done. They built a team that's sustainable. It's gonna be good for a long, long time. You know, they'll, they'll switch out some pieces, but that, that's a group that that's going to stay together and be really good for a long time. Um, but the Warriors are, they're unique. They're, they're a meteor. They, this, these things don't come along very often and how they play without the basketball, the joy with which they play, the, the the talk of playing for each other, cheering for each other to succeed. Like, what? In the NBA? Like, really? Like, that's exactly what they do. And I just, I want to see them win in Boston Garden. That's really what it is. I think that's, that's a baller deal. When you win on the road, win a championship, you taste champagne in their locker room. Hell yeah. Right? That's, those are the best. Those are the best. Yeah, roadwinds are the best. Uh, remember, you can listen to the Doug Gottlieb Show daily, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 through Pacific. You your iHeartRadio app, you can just download it just like this, the podcast, get them both. Why not? Um, you remember to write a review. Thank you for downloading subscribing, rating the show. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. <laughs>
3: terms and conditions apply
0: with your amex card entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can miss events while supplies last make every tap music to your ears
3: hey guys back at the playground
1: again
0: huh yep you know what this playground could use a wine country heck yeah